Hi, welcome to the Silk Podcast. I am Lainey. I'm Kennedy. And I'm Sophia. And we have three topics we'll be talking about today. I would like to start off by talking about slavery as an institution. Um, mm-hmm. I'll be speaking on it as a historical stand. Slavery, that just was a thing that everyone was trying to do. And it was, there was a big like want for slaves at one point because the Americas, they started um, having more slaves because people were living there and mm-hmm. uh, more. They needed someone to do their work on the farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. the demand for slaves were really increasing and slave labor was key for exploration for the new world resources. So Africans brought in to replenish Indian laborers and 17th century the new world landowners began to favor black slaves mm-hmm. which I do not understand why but I think that's when um, the racism started incorporating into the the wave of black slaves and slaves could be purchased They also um, were in the slave trade just so the Europeans did not move into their area. So Africans generally captured their own people for sale and sold them to the Europeans. Mm-hmm. So that happened, which it's very sad that that happened. But yeah, I think that like a big part of. Um, Europeans favoring black slaves over like Native Americans was definitely like the conditioning that they went through especially like on the way over and I feel like as a whole it was a lot easier to be like we are superior to you and like I think it was a lot easier to just condition them as a whole than to like keep going through Native American communities yeah and mm-hmm. repeating the same same thing over and over again this might sound weird but i also feel like because the africans looked so much different than the europeans that they were in some ways more okay with doing the awful things that they did to them because it was like they looked less human to them i mean for some It was their first time seeing the color of their skin being darker, you know? Yeah, we've got to remember the fact that the Europeans did tech, like, this term called season the slaves to where they broke them down to their littlest core so they can use them as, like, animals. Mm Mm-hmm. When it comes to the American perspective, it obviously changes the more you know this uh decades go by and um in the constitution it says that all men are created equal even though they fully didn't believe that all men are created equal because it was more so towards just the white men in america and yeah yeah, i I kind of think Oh, sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. 
I think that like a really big part of because at the point that the Constitution had been written, slavery had already been um, a thing in America for like a more over a century. And I think that a big thing was that the more that it like happened and the more that it progressed and developed throughout the country, I feel like a lot of people's minds changed because they were like, well, this is becoming a bigger population. And, you know, a lot of people went from progressive, like the ideas of freeing your slaves after you die to like, we can't start letting them go because they're definitely going to revolt against us. And I think that's like where a big part of like white supremacy stemmed from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Them just fully thinking that they are above everything and even the law yeah like even jefferson like jefferson had a had plantations he had a lot of slaves had an affair with sally hemmings like he did have a lot of slaves but even in like writing the constitution he was a more progressive thinker for the time in terms of slavery like when he died he was like willing to free his slaves and Mm -hmm. i think that like having those major figures for the time was helpful in like carrying those progressive ideas but like as slavery developed like it just went downhill and they started realizing that they were going to lose their power i also think jefferson is just using it that as an excuse that he's not a bad person you know letting the slaves out after he passes on for sure but yeah you can tell that like jefferson he definitely had a good heart and meaning he definitely said some sympathetic words um against slavery but i feel like he was just kind of contradicting himself because he was a slave owner and he he kind of tried to bring back his word um, on saying that all men are created equal a bit hypocritical very hypocritical it's just not morally right to me him yeah (laughs) like bringing in moral relativism like just overall i think that as laney has like said in class before i think that it was a big the way that it developed it was a big following kind of thing like people just followed and did what they were told and you know like when something like that starts and it grows so much in such little time like obviously it took over the entire country it wasn't just the south and i feel like especially since like um christianity was a big way to like morally justify it i feel like it was a lot about morals so i would definitely agree with the fact that like jefferson was just trying to keep a good like moral compass even though like now we see that like that wasn't right yeah and a lot Mm -hmm. of people in that time period just felt the need they needed they wanted them because everyone else was doing it it was kind of a follower thing um and like almost their whole world was using slavery even the africans were using slavery just because they didn't want to get invaded it was further life um other people did it because just because because it was happening and it was that they wanted to fit in yes Mm -hmm. 
So the next topic I have for us is slavery first, racism second, which this is a very interesting topic. Yes. Mm So I'm going to talk about the economic standpoint of this one. Um, I'm going to start off by the trading of slaves and the need for slaves. So the need for slaves was just to help with like, well, they didn't really need them. They could have done it themselves, which that's a whole different topic. Like, I think the Americans, they could have done everything themselves. They could have, like, hired other people like we do now. Like, hire someone yeah. to help you do something. <laughs> you don't have they to have a slave or something. Exactly. But, um, with the trading, the trading mainly happened in the Americas and they transported to other countries such as um let's say but it also traded with the europeans mm-hmm. uh they traded with the africans they mainly traded through the middle passage which was a voyage to the americas um and that really like helped in their way of the seizing of the slaves cause that broke them down yeah. Uh, slavery was also in the Caribbean, and the first large shipments of slaves went there, which that kind of surprises me. I didn't think, like, uh, when I was researching this, I didn't think, like, the Caribbean would have had a lot of slaves. And I don't know why. Yeah. But... Just probably because of modern day Caribbean, but, um, yeah. Going off of what you said about it it's really weird to think of it in a religious standpoint because the christian beliefs were very prominent in back in those days i mean you can see the difference from how people carry on from compared to then to now in 2021 but um christian i i cemeteries included an indication that whoever was buried was a slave which is honestly sad to hear because it's like you read their name and you just know that their identity was only just that they were a slave and I find that really interesting um that Christians would do that well isn't it um wasn't it like the white were superior because they were like closer to God and then the black people if they were like a technically a good slave and all this good stuff then they would go to heaven so that was kind of like their motivation well like slaves were definitely treated as property and the bible talks a lot about like how you Mm -hmm. should treat your property like even in the constitution like it says that one of our unalienable rights is the pursuit of happiness and like in one of John Locke's ideals that would mean like property like the right to own property and I feel like slavery definitely feeds into that idea or fed into it for a lot of Americans at that point because seeing them as property holding them to a lower standard it kept them in their place it gave them a moral a moral justification it allowed them to mm-hmm see what they were doing as their right and their and that they were like good people because they were 
treating their property as how God would want them to treat it, which just really fed into white people establishing their supremacy over any person of color, especially slaves, you know, like, and I think that like, you know, as I said before, like as it developed, like this kind of just got worse and worse because they became more aware that like, if this population keeps growing and if they keep having kids and like the population is just going to grow and like who knows what they're going to do if they're not kept in their place so i think that yeah but sorry you continue (laughs) no you you keep going i was just gonna say that like as white supremacy grew their fear of losing their power Mm-hmm. Um, the last point that I wanted to say about the religion was that in the 18th century, the abol- abolition movement, which was to end slavery, took Christians across the globe and it kind of, they, they were really for the movement, which I can see. I definitely think, like, as Christian like as christians got more progressive they realized that that just wasn't morally right and slavery wasn't anything that god would want people to go through yeah i think in the christian faith i think they realized earlier that um this was not right but they still continue to use it um and i feel like the christian faith was really used as an excuse Um, especially throughout many countries there are many different religions but it was even used within mexico central america south america peru brazil like they a bunch of them use the excuse of christianity Mm -hmm. i think that um because it was mainly like the quakers who are who were a part of the abolitionist movement and like wanting to abolish slavery and who hid slaves who were on the run and so it really was like they were they're rooted in christianity but like they were like just that one branch of people who believed that slavery wasn't right at the time and you know like definitely Mm -hmm. not all christians thought that and i just think that like especially when christianity is an evangelical religion like i feel like putting them all together in one category especially when it was like a worldwide thing especially with colonization like i feel like that promotes that they were promoting abolitionism like or abolition at the time like throughout Mm -hmm. all of christianity's branches and roots what are your thoughts on the uh power dynamics the power um um things there was white supremacy i feel Mm -hmm. like africans so could have taken over it's just because there are so many the african-american population is so much bigger than the uh, white population um, they so could have 
like all you African Americans still could have taken over and just like wiped us out. But since the white people, they broke African Americans down so hard that they just felt like there was no need and no, there was no want to be able to revolt. Even though there was revolts and stuff, it just never worked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that was a big part. Oh, continue. No, um, I, I just was gonna say that, um, yeah, I feel like they, they thought about that, and there are people like Malcolm X and Martin Luther King and, you know, all those people, it just took a while to gain that confidence to be able to stand up for yourself, you know? It definitely couldn't really have happened while you're a slave working out on the fields. I, I, I don't think so. But I, at the same time, I don't know how it was living through that. And you know, like, when institutions like slave patrols were introduced and, like, slave catchers who, mm-hmm. like, made their money off of literally, like, catching slaves who were trying to run to the north... When things like that were starting to be introduced, I feel like that was a big part of white people fearing losing their power. And I think that those just made it so much harder mm-hmm. for slaves to hold to the idea that like freedom was possible. And you know, like at this point, or like at the point where those institutions were introduced, like I feel like the generational trauma had already started mm-hmm. and they were carrying the weight of if I run away, like if I have a family, they're going to have the consequences for it. And I feel like I feel like that's like why Harriet Tubman was like such an influential person and why we know her as the person that she is today because she never left anyone behind and every single person that she took and like started with she got them to freedom Mm -hmm. and like at the time like that was not easy especially when you're taking kids when you're taking people who might not always want to listen like I feel like it was a really big fear thing and I feel like that was a big part of white supremacy they were so scared that they knew that if they rooted fear into slaves that it would stop them from running away and like if especially like when they like would be or like punish slaves for running away they would do it publicly in Mm -hmm. front of all the other slaves yeah so that they knew like this is what's gonna happen if you try and run away so i think it's a really big fear thing me too i agree with everything you just said yeah i do too and speaking back to when you said um how the white people they like beat the african-americans and the slaves in front of others um that exactly went against the american code or like the uh, American ideals that they wanted. So with the American ideals, they had this thing, which was a big foundation, which was the American paradox. And it calls for freedom for whites um, while helping blacks. And 
as property or holding blocks as property. Um, that was one of their big things that they went by, but also when the Constitution was written, it was also at the same time as the American Paradox. And so as Jeff- Jefferson, as we talked about before, he owned slaves and he talked about in the Constitution how he wanted independence and he wanted freedom for all. And that's exactly what we did not do. I think as America, mm-hmm. we kind of failed the first day um, of wanting to be the ideals of what we wanted for America. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I, I read that the American paradox was the problem of doing wrong in a country that per kind of just professes to do right. And I don't know, I find that really interesting. But even when it comes to the original plan against slavery, it's just, I don't know, going back to what I said earlier about the abolition movement, which was the first like full on movement that was to take efforts to end the practice of slavery. And um, it took place from 1830 to 1870. And I, it mimicked some of the same tactics British abolish, abolish, sorry, um, had used to end slavery in uh, Great Britain in the 1830s. But I don't know, it's just, I, I mean, obviously it didn't work. It was the original plan. Um, but overall, um, President Jefferson did sign a law prohibiting the um, importation of slaves in um, any port or place within jurisdiction of the United States. But obviously that both of those didn't work. So didn't the um, blacks fight against the British? Uh, wasn't it in, I think it was Bunker Hill, Lexington, and I think Concord. And that's where they really fought yeah. for most of the, like some of their big independent strikes. They were a big part of the Revolutionary War, especially since, like, the British were, like, promising their freedom if they fought on their side, when, like, that wasn't true in the end, because, you know, the British lost. And I really think that, like, that was super manipulative. Oh, yeah, 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that, like, um a big part especially like with jefferson like ending the slave trade in 1807 Mm -hmm. like i think that that was a really big step in coming to the idea that slavery needed to end but it definitely wasn't gonna end there because at that point like you know generations had already sprouted like at that point slavery had been going on for almost two centuries and americans were a new thing (laughs) yeah they had their population Mm -hmm. at this point in time and 
I think that like when the slave trade ended, like it just ended too late to the point where like it had an effect, but it wasn't going to end slavery mm-hmm. like it needed to happen. Yeah, and then when but, they did start okay. to mm-hmm. abolish slavery, they did it in a very slow way. They started to give um, black people more rights, like um, individually. Yeah. So they would do one right by the next by the next. Did it, I think they started with um, interracial marriage. Oh, I feel like interracial marriage was a really big, like, long-term impact, especially between, like, whites and blacks, because Mm -hmm. I don't, oh, I remember, but it definitely wasn't, like, um, there was a Supreme Court case on it, and it was kind of just a development of Supreme Court cases until, and it, like, started with a couple in Virginia, and it really wasn't like legalized or like accepted for like such a long time yeah i think that definitely though like when slaves were freed like they started out with the 13th 14th and 15th amendments Mm -hmm. which granted them like it made it out to look like they had the same rights but like institutions like you know slave patrol modern day police yeah and we still see that today mm-hmm. and even currently like yeah uh-huh and even currently like it's really interesting to me because my um older sister has been dating a other race she's dating a white guy and they've been dating since um sophomore year of high school so they've been together for a long time they're in their 20s now but my sister's always told me that like when they go to places like montana they love to travel in montana they get stares just because they're obviously a couple but at the end of the day like they're an irracial couple it doesn't look correct to some people because they've never seen it before and i i feel like that is just another current issue that's a side effect of slavery from centuries ago oh yeah like my grandma and my grandpa were an interracial couple my grandma's white and my grandpa's black Mm -hmm. and they were together since she was 17 and she was born in like the late 50s so they got married when she was like 20 and not only that he was like a lot older than her so when they lived together and when they started like having kids Mm -hmm. and their kids were biracial and they they lived in indiana so they lived in like a rural area like i mean yeah yeah they they went they were getting real scandalous back then (laughs) um definitely like i hear it all the time from my dad whenever we talk about it he just tells me how it he was always discriminated against because no one thought that his parents should be together and he still like doesn't go to some places in indiana because so like sundown laws Mm -hmm. they were like still here like i don't remember when he said that or it was somewhere near beach grove but he like doesn't go there because of sundown laws like it's not a thing like legally anymore but Mm -hmm. like it's implied there and so like he doesn't go there 
and that's like modern day like the long-term impacts of like all like slavery yeah and racism stemming from it it's it's crazy and just like hearing him say that stuff and i know that he was like born in 1975 and he was growing up in the 80s like all this stuff is still present in the 80s and the 90s and like i'm not like i have light skin so i just i just know that he and his siblings went through this and it just like pains me because you know like that's your family like laney i know you have a brother who's black and like it's just really different when you don't go through the same experiences that they do and you understand that it is a struggle for them and it always oh yeah exactly like it's hard for me to see him struggle with certain things and i i can't fully understand um even with most of my friends i can't fully understand even though i try my best to um even with people yeah like how I am I am a white female and I try my best to be there for my African-American friends and my brother and I feel like that's all people like me can do because we can fight for the Mm -hmm. movement we can fight for everything especially now with the Black Lives Matter movement all of us are fighting I think like that's a really good thing that has come out of the Black Lives Matter movement like people are becoming educated and they're beginning to see that this is stemming from the generational trauma that black people have carried for centuries and it's just now coming out to our generation as like this is something that we need to be educated on you can be a good ally like no matter what you are you can be an ally to this movement and i think that that is a really great thing that's been happening especially in our generation like recently Mm -hmm. but I just think that like long-term impacts of slavery and racism are it's just really disappointing and like revolting to see that we're still seeing like police brutality and then over the summer like i didn't know that the police force stemmed in slave patrol yep and like when i was educated about that i i wasn't surprised but i was definitely like why didn't i know this mm-hmm. all righty well girls i think we had a great conversation um i'm really proud of us today so thank you for listening and i hope you enjoyed